Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Freedom Speak. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Albuquerque's Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. This is the third hour, and like I promised, we're going to have something really special we're going to talk about in third hour, kind of fun, but not yet. Hang in there. It's coming. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about before we did that. Anyway, so uh, by the way, I want to remind you, if you want to send comments or suggestions, please email me at beccamarienm at gmail.com. That is B-E-C-C-A-M-A-R-I-N-M at gmail.com. Comments, suggestions, you can call me names, whatever you want to do, I don't care. I'll read your, I'll read your emails and if it's something really good, I'll even mention it on the show next week. So there we go. And then when we go live, which is going to be very soon, hang in there. It's coming Exciting. soon. Yes, we're going to have live. We're going to be live. And we're going, to have, uh, we're going to have phones. We're going to have texting. We're going to have social media. We're going to have all that kind of great stuff. And we're going to have just tons and tons of interaction. It's going to be really, really fun. So anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about a recent, you know how Biden, he's just been just writing one executive order after the other. And I wonder if anybody's paying attention to what's in these executive orders. Well, I can tell you I have. And his most recent executive order involved, it involved the elimination of cash. This is something that should concern all of you. And I've mentioned this on my show over the past couple of weeks. I haven't really gone into detail on it. I've just kind of put it out there. But I've actually gone through, I read the entire executive or Oh my God, it was long and it was boring. It was really, really, really a hard read. It wasn't as easy to read as that Florida uh, parental rights order thing that was, or actually it wasn't an order, it's a law. It actually went through legal channels. It went through Congress. It got, it got voted on. It got passed through both houses and it got signed by the governor. That's the way laws are supposed to happen. <clears throat> But this executive order deals with digital cash. Now, a lot of people might be... Now, the one thing I saw that popped up on the internet where they were talking about, oh, well, Biden's trying to eliminate cash and he's, and he's trying to uh, put forth digital currency. This executive order does a lot more than that. And I read it and I didn't know this until I read it. This executive order is also an attack on cryptocurrency. Okay, I bet a lot of people didn't know that. I didn't know that until I read this thing, but it is. It's an attack on digital currency. Let me mention some of the things I read in here. It mentions regulating and monitoring existing digital currency. It mentions climate change. How in the world that has anything to do with digital currency, I don't know, but they're going to tie it into everything. Human rights is in this. Human rights. Mitigate the illicit finance and national security risks posed by misuse of digital assets. Regulation and supervision of digital assets for anti-money. They're, they're, they're throwing in, they're making it like it's for anti-money laundering, which there probably is some money laundering. There's money laundering going on all over the place. You know, people, if you guys have watched 
the the show Ozark. I love that. I love oh, that that's show. That's a good show. It's like money laundering. You want to know about money laundering? That's the show to watch. It's great. And it anyway, even deals with the cartels. So it it's deals a with local the cartel. Thing. Yep. Yes, people will set up people will set up businesses of any kind and 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 funnel money through it and and clean it and and that's how they launder money. They they launder drug money this way. Anyway, so I got <laughs> I got kind of sidetracked there. Anyway, so. Digital assets may pose significant illicit risk, including money laundering, cybercrime, and ransomware, narcotics, and human trafficking. I like this part here. Narcotic they're concerned about narcotics and human trafficking and terrorism. Right, really? Like, like to make it easier for them? I, I, maybe. You know. How much easier could they make it right. than millions of illegals flooding across the border in the middle of the night? Which Biden just passed that order that he now opened our borders. That, that 42 or whatever. Yes. I, wonder if, I wonder if they know the significance of the number 42. Probably not. I highly doubt. Well, you know. <laughs> You're a sci-fi fan. You know that they one, do. right? Maybe they do. They've got to be a few geeks working for them. I know. we got a few geeks listening to our show that probably know what the number 42 is. Those of you that don't know, well, you're just going to have to figure it out. I'm just going to leave you wondering <laughs> that one. Right. Anyway, so, so anyway, so this is not just this is not just trying to establish a digital currency in the United States, which is bad enough. This is also going to be an attack on existing Bitcoin, mm -hmm. uh, Ethereum, whatever out there. They want to regulate this. They want to monitor it. And you know what happened in Canada recently? Apparently, they were able to confiscate some digital currency from uh, some of the truckers up there That's recently. Right. So they showed they can do it. They want to control it. Well, yeah, it's, it's not something you can hold. It's not physical cash, whether it be a paper bill, a coin, gold, silver. They want to do away with all of that to be able to control you, right. control the masses. Right. And another really alarming thing I saw in this executive order, they're concerned with equity. That's right. Now, we're not, not equality. Not equality. But equity. Equity. And, and trust me, they're not talking about you getting equity in your property no. or anything like that. No. They're interested in, in distribution of wealth. Mm -hmm. That's what they want to do. They want to be able to confiscate money out of your digital currency, your Bitcoin. So trust me, if you think you're safe because you got Bitcoin, trust me, the government's hard at work right now figuring out ways to take that away from you. Yeah, we, we were speaking of that, I believe, yesterday with our friend about, you know, I, I have some Bitcoin myself. Yeah. And I was explaining trying to get an explanation out of him about, you know, what do I do? It's on a hard drive. Yeah. It just sits there. Like, how are they going to physically be able to, you know, unless I hook up to the internet with it or go and try and cash that in? Well, what you, would they be able to do? Well, you know what comes next. What they do is they pass laws mm -hmm. and they say it's illegal. It's illegal to have cryptocurrency unless you register it with us. That's right. And then we can tax it and we can regulate That's it and it we can right monitor there. it and we can have the we can make sure the IRS can track you so every $600 transaction or more that you make, they know all about it. That's right. Exactly. It, they're not going to go look up the serial number on that dollar bill you went and bought a candy bar at, but they definitely can track that MasterCard purchase of yours. Oh, yeah. They want to get rid of those dollar bills. Yep. Those dollar bills are freedom. Which I'd like to take a pause here real quick and anybody that's listening... If you do have some investments in things, I would suggest you start putting your stuff into natural resources, gold, silver, copper, things like that, that you can physically hold. Not paper money either, mm -hmm. but actual physical resources. Oh, yeah. 
because they're working on getting rid of the paper money. That's trust right. Me. That, that's going to be coming in the next few years. And the reason they want to get rid of the paper money is because, like I said, paper money, cash, is freedom. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's the freedom to, to make deals, to, to buy things without being tracked by the government. Okay? That's right. They've got to get rid of that because they want to track your every movement. They want to own your children. They want to track all your money. They want to be able to tell you what to do. Okay, so I told you something about this that you didn't already know, okay? This should be something that should concern all of you. Okay, I suggest those of you out there that have been dealing in digital currency, you need to read this executive order and you need to know what it is that they're plotting and they're working on. Trust me, they're coming after your cryptocurrency. They are. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to be sooner than you think. Yeah. So now let's move on to the digital dollar, which is terrifying also. It is. It's a really microchip terrifying. in your hand. It's a micro Ultimately, that's what it, it would evolve to. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. It's going to start out with a card. It's going to start out key with... Key fob with your keys then. Key fob, maybe. Yes. It's going to be a... They're already pushing this other thing, which I talked about last week, about this national international health passport thing they're they're because oh. they're, it's healthy because they care about your health they don't give a damn about no. your health let me tell you that they don't they don't care okay they don't care and we talked about that early on you notice how everything we talk about it all just kind of ties together yeah. okay that yeah that's by design i do that <laughs> it's like yeah so anyway so what they're going to do is they're going to take away the cash that's their goal they want to make a digital currency but not like not like the digital currency like you're thinking right now, like the one they're also going to try to take away from you. Their digital currency is going to be centralized, okay? That means it's going to be centralized on some kind of government uh, platform of some kind, some kind of government database. And they are going to know every cent that you spend on anything. And to make it more terrifying... It's programmable. Okay, what's that mean, programmable? Okay, that means that let's say, for instance, oh, you know, uh, Becca, you're just, uh, you're eating too many hamburgers or you're eating too many French fries or maybe we don't want you to buy so much, we don't want you to buy so much sugary soda. You're drinking way too much sugary soda. So since everything is going to be going through the big national government-controlled database, you're going to go to the grocery store. Everything's already got barcodes on it. It has barcodes on it for years now. Okay, you're, you're going to go to the grocery store. They're going to scan that barcode. And they're going to say, no, we're sorry, uh, Becca. You've already had your allowable allowance of Coca-Colas. So you're not allowed to buy any more. You've already had your monthly quota. So sorry, aunt, you can't have that. Nope. Got to take that one off that conveyor belt. You're not allowed to have that one. Do you see where I'm going here with this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, not only that, but let's say, you know, we've got this national health passport thing, okay? Well, I don't want to take that shot. I don't want to have that swab shoved up in my brain. I don't want to take the next test you want me to take. I don't want to take the next booster you want to give me. No, I say no to that. Well, fine. We're going to put a hold on this, on this, whatever we're going to call this thing. I call it the mark of the beast, ultimately, is what it ends up being. Um, no, we're going to put a hold on that, and uh, you're not allowed to buy or sell because you're not playing ball. You're not doing what, you, what we want you to do. You're not 
sending your kid to our government-controlled indoctrination center. You're not doing what we want you to do. So you don't have any money anymore. Nope. This leads me to farmers and ranchers, our food. Yeah. I mean, what will we do when they're posed on this and they start to push back? Yeah. These food shortages that are being talked about? Mm-hmm. And what do you think is going to happen with all of that when they start imposing things on the farmers and the ranchers that actually bring our food to us, make our food? It's not the factories that makes food for us, you know? No. Uh, I think a lot of people think when they, they go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and they buy some ground beef in a package yeah. that maybe that's how it was made. Yeah. No, I got news for yeah, you people. Yeah, cow was born in a That patty. there was a cow. There was a cow mm-hmm. that, was, that was killed and slaughtered and cut up into little pieces right. and ground up through a grounder. And that is a ground up piece of a cow right, right there that used to be walking around in a field eating grass. Yep. If, if you don't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they don't realize that their, their Cheez-Its and salting crackers are made from, you know, fields of wheat that we grow here as well. Yeah. You know, that, that all gets broken down and sent to some place to be processed, to be made into right. these specialty foods we have. Right. And by the way- years ago, we didn't have this stuff. And by the way, processed food is terrible for oh, it's you. it's horrible. Just so if you don't know that, horrible. it's terrible. You know, we talked about a little bit yesterday that leads into this as well. Um, I serviced the dairy farmers down in Southern New Mexico when they had to dump their milk. Now, those were millions Why would you do millions that? of gallons that right. the government forced them to throw away. Yeah. Throw away, not use again, not be processed into something else. The government made government cheese back in the day when we had this issue. What is wrong with our, our policymakers that they're telling us to throw food away? I don't get it. I, I don't either. I mean... And, but they care about you. They, they care, care about, about your this. health. They care about you. You know, we have all these homeless people around that have trouble eating and trouble right. doing all these things. Right. What's wrong with providing with those peoples with the excess that we're no longer allowed to use in normal society? Right. Why not? Why not? <laughs> no. By the way, Michael and I have a really interesting project we're going to be working on, which I'll talk about later on that has to do with that. And, um, yeah, at some point, I'll tell you more about it. It'll be fun. I'm just going to tease you with that. It's it's like you're going to learn some things that maybe you didn't already know. It it, it comes back to being able to control everybody and control everything. And they're going to control everything through money. Right. They're controlling the information. They want to control the money. They want to control your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they want to do. So digital cash should scare the crap out of you. Just let me tell you that. And they're coming after your digital currency, I'm telling you. And like Michael said, buying gold and silver, probably not the worst idea in the world. Um, I've, I've often spoke out against uh, gold all the time. And even uh, Greg Zanetti even called it a pet rock, you know, gold, because it really doesn't serve much of a useful purpose other than it's a pretty shiny rock and it's they make jewelry true. out of it. Um, other than that, it, it, it doesn't really serve much of an, an industrial process. Uh, I take that value. back. Well, I don't know. They make it, they Most put it on the context electronics of, yeah, have gold on them. Gold like, contacts. Yeah. It's a better conductor. Yeah. Well, the most advanced things we have, fighter jets, you know, yeah. supercomputers, these, these quantum computers that they're making, that we're going to need gold and silver to, for those machines to actually work properly. Yeah. Because, you know, steel and tin isn't going to do it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So, but he is right. It is just a pet rock that sits there, but it's a pet rock that sits there and gains value. Yeah. 
Well, I guess if it ever get, becomes completely worthless, what I can do is I can take these chunks of gold and I can paint a little face on them and I can sell them as pretty pet rocks. Well, it's soft, so you can actually kind of carve stuff out of gold. That's true. They are kind of soft. Yeah. Gold is kind of soft. It's a soft metal. Yeah, they, that's true. That is true. Uh, let's see. So they're concerned with equity um, uh, and, and, you know, the fact that they're, they're trying to sell this is saying that they're concerned with... with uh, what what traffic human trafficking and human narcotics trafficking, oh my narcotics. god they're encouraging narcotics and human trafficking my god they they they've got all of the, they're opening up the borders exactly i they, i mean they're this this current administration is literally responsible for killing people they really are they're allowing all of this fentanyl and all this other and they're allowing they're actually encouraging these cartels to bring children over and basically turn them into slaves mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they're proving they don't care about children by what they're trying to do with the children in our country, with this, with this sick stuff they're trying to do to kindergartners. You just got to look at the school system and the school boards to that, and you can automatically find out what they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's this it's, evil it's weeding its way through our systems. It's disgusting. It is. Mark my words, the cartel will be legitimized in the next 10 years, just like the Taliban has in Afghanistan. Yeah. The cartel is going to officially become Mexico's government soon. Yeah. Because they're just too interweaved, and the gov U.S. government makes too much money off of them. Yeah. Oh, I think these politicians are taking, uh, I think they're, they're on the take. I really do. I think that's partly how they become millionaires. Absolutely. They're, I mean, they're, they're doing insider trading. They're taking payoffs. By, and it's probably, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure this cartel money, I mean, you've seen, if, you, if you've seen Ozark, they're funneling this stuff through places. They're washing this money. It's like you don't know it came from the cartel, but it nope. did. It's like it's like they're they're yeah they're just money laundering this money from the cartels, and these politicians are getting fat and rich oh, off they of are. your compliance. And places you would have never imagined. Your 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 bottle your water bottling company, you know, is run by the cartel. Road companies, construction companies. It could be anything. Know, anything. It could be the or like flower in Breaking Bad. It could they, be the car wash. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> these. It's kind of funny. These things are all put in light uh, through, through media, through entertainment, but it is everyday life for a lot of people. How this is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anything else you want to mention on this topic? Have we covered it? Or you I think we. Other? I think we should move on to the new topic. Oh yes. Okay. So, all right. So we've got an interesting topic we want to talk about because. Actually, Michael and I are working on a new idea, which we, you know, we're going to talk about later on. But um, anyway, so a lot of conspiracy. There are so many conspiracy theories in in this country. Okay, there is, and you know, there's so many. And one of the one of the most well known ones, which is specific to New Mexico is the Roswell, Roswell incident. Now, I'm not going to talk about conspiracy theories. I'm not going to talk about wacky people and, and, and hearsay and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to talk about some facts, which I've, I've looked up on this topic. And you can decide for yourself. You really can. Now, a lot of you in New Mexico, you've probably been to Roswell. You, you, you've seen what Roswell's like. I mean, there's a, there's a McDonald's there that looks like a flying saucer, yep. and, and there's you know there's alien figures all over town, and there's the there's the, museum. the, U, the UFO museum, which yeah. actually that guy's got some actual real research in there that you can look through. 
you know? I've, I've never stopped to read this stuff, but he has some very interesting things He does. In He's there. compiled a lot of research over the years. Well, he actually has some of the few artifacts and items from the crash landing. You know, right. not necessarily pieces of it, but rocks and stuff that are around there. So for me, that's kind of interesting because I want to take a Geiger meter and see if it still has some radiation to it. Yeah, that'd be interesting to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this stuff up is can we really, really after everything we've seen over the past couple of years, can we really, really say that we trust anything the government tells us? Absolutely not. I, I don't. No. I don't anymore. No, 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 no. I don't, I, I don't even trust the FDA anymore. It's like, you know, they're pushing through another booster with it's, no clinical trials, nothing. No, just because, and just because they say so. Right, just because they say so. Mm -hmm. So... Just like we used to kid around uh, years ago, I remember if it's on the internet, it must be true. Well, no, not really. Not anymore. No. You have to look at the information. You have to use critical thinking. You have to decide. So I found an interesting website. And, of course, it'll be in my show notes. The link will be there, and you can look, look at it if you want, that I thought we'd go through. And actually, there's some interesting information that just we know through somebody we know. And about the Roswell incident and the things that happened. Now, over the years, one thing I noticed is that there, the story evolved over the years, which should really make you question things, okay? Yeah. Because, and why would the government be making up excuses for something if there wasn't some truth to it? I, I think about that. Okay, like, here's the one thing, okay? There are people that were eyewitnesses during the time that claimed there were bodies at the site. Now, this happened in 1947. Now, the government talks about things like Project Mogul and things like that. And they also talk about how later on they were doing some high altitude experiments in which they were using anamorphic, I think it's called anamorphic uh, dummies. Yeah. Basically dummies that, that simulate the texture and of a real and weight of a real human being. Right. So okay. they have a type of skin and they're weighted, you know, right, exactly. 170 pounds for a man, something right. like that. Right. So what they'll do is they'll float them up at high altitude and drop them and, and see what impact what what happens to them when they fall from high altitude and hit the ground. Yep. Okay. So that they can for some reason they want to know this so they can evaluate what would happen to a real human being. I, I, they go splat. <laughs> yeah, they go splat. You know, it's like, and, and not to mention these, like these he, uh, halo jumps and stuff like that. I mean, it's like, what happens to a human I being? I have experienced at that. Have you done that? I, I've done a few halo jumps. What's that like? It's amazing. You feel like you're on the edge of space. Right. It's got to feel weird see. in which you're falling through some really thin air. Well, you, you do a halo live with oxygen. So okay. you have a, a sort of a scuba mask on while you're doing that. So right. you don't really get the pressure effect. But you don't feel that so much across your, your skin like you After do you when you're After you passed 20,000 feet, it's frozen. <laughs> yeah. It's just really it's cold. cold well, I, I've heard that. Yeah, like when you're in an airliner and you're at 30,000 feet, 35,000 feet, it's freezing up there. Literally. If that airplane decompresses up there, yeah. you're going to freeze to death so in seconds. You'll see a lot of people that take halo dives will have like a pilot's helmet on. So yeah. you have a full face covering, and then you're actually wearing a wetsuit underneath your jumpsuit. Oh, so you yeah. have a thin wetsuit that's underneath. Like that, that neoprene warm. material yep. that keeps you kind of warm. Yeah, so when you jump off that, that plane, you're, you, know, you hit terminal velocity, and you're going for quite a while. It's not nice. like a normal jump. Yeah. So, so the interesting thing about the excuse, the government's excuse, trying to pass these, these stories off where people are talking about bodies at the site is they use this excuse of these dummies being dropped from balloons. Here's the problem. 
Okay, the Roswell incident occurred in 1947. They did not start doing the experiments with the dummies until the early 50s, mm -hmm. like 53, something like that. Right. Okay, so why would they make up an excuse like that, which is obviously a lie? Because it's outdated, completely. Right. Yeah. Here's another thing. We talked about this the other day. Actually, you're the one that brought this up. Mm -hmm. The notion of flying saucers in that time period. Right. Actually, during that exact year was when the first time anybody talked about a flying saucer. Apparently, somebody spotted one and described what it looked like. It looked like a flying Up saucer. Up until then, there wasn't any such thing as Correct. a flying saucer. Nobody ever... That term, that's literally when that term was born, in like 1947. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even the same region of the United States. No. Because I believe that was in Minnesota. Somewhere I don't up remember in the Midwest. exactly. I remember reading the story, mm -hmm. though. But yeah, the, the person described it as like two saucers on top of each other or something, some kind of shape. He described it because that's the shape that it looked like. Right, yeah. And Stacked. literally, literally, <laughs> that's when the term was coined. Before that, there was no flying saucer. Begs to differ the, the <clears throat> story changes of them mentioning things like this back then. Exactly. You know? Right. It's not so, something that would have been said. It should make you, it should make you question. The that fact, critical thinking. Critical thinking, that's what we're doing here. Okay, so, number 15. There's 15, 15 facts here that they pointed out. Now, a lot of you might have seen the newspaper article that came out in the Roswell Daily Record. And that was on July, I can't quite, is that July 6th? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, uh, I mean, it's like literally like a, an old screen capture in which, you know, of a newspaper article. <clears throat> but it says here, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. That's what the article says. <clears throat> now, RAAF, huh? Right. So, and the Army released this statement. Now, why would the Army release this statement saying that th this was an article by the Army? Why would the Army release a statement in which an, uh, an Army officer made an observation, said this, if all there was on the ground was laying around shreds of, of material from a balloon, really? Does that make any sense? Does that make any sense to you? No, not, not now, at all. Now, wasn't your friend Justin telling us that the owners of the ranch, which the family still owns that particular Correct, ranch, the where the, where the, the Brazzles, mm -hmm. where this occurred, they, this, the, it's still in the family, okay? Didn't he say that they said that the reason they spotted this because there was a burning, uh, something was on fire in the background? Correct. Would a weather balloon catch on fire when it hits the ground? Not only that, say, benefit of the doubt, it did catch on fire. How long would it burn? I mean, it's a very thin metal material. It would almost instantly just go up in one right. flash. and it's the desert. Correct. There's nothing yeah. flammable out there except no. maybe a tumbleweed or yeah. something. That, that would burn up in, in, in seconds. With, with okay. the heat like this, it would just vaporize yeah. if something fell there. Right. <laughs> so there again, you need to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Just like all the things going on nowadays that don't make any sense. And that's why right. I thought about doing this today. I thought this would be fun. Something different too. So on, on this, and this is the... Um, Fact number 15, Major Marcel worked quickly to get the army out to Max Ranch and clear up the debris. Soldiers cordoned off a huge area of the paddock and came, combed the ground looking for debris. Now, why would the, why would the army be... I, I really, I'm just not buying this. I'm, I'm hearing people say, oh, well, this is a top secret weather balloon. It's like, really, do you think it was really a top... I, I don't know. I'm just... 
that just sounds too weird to me. Um, the intelligence officer that spoke to the paper, this is the intelligence officer, okay? This is a person that's supposed to be intelligent. <laughs> okay, now you might make the joke about military intelligence. I was I don't just going to say yeah, those I, are my I, military I, I, I know. I, this one. <laughs> so, so, anyway... This is an intelligence office. This is supposed to be someone that is in the know, that's a little bit smarter than the average bear, somebody that can look, make an observation and describe something. The one, he was the spo one that spoke to the paper, offered no details of the flying disc itself, only that it had been recovered and was no longer in Roswell. Again, right there, flying disc. That's not something they would have said. No, they wouldn't have. No, no you'd know right off, hey, mm -hmm. this is a balloon. It's yeah. like no big deal. And not to mention it wouldn't have been burning either. If this was a top secret project, they would not have said anything. No. They would have just told the people, go away. Yeah, right. They would have given any explanation to the newspaper or local authorities at all. Exactly. Okay, so, so yeah. we're going to take a break. That's a little taste of what we're going to cover in the last 30 minutes, okay? We're going to go through the rest of this stuff. It's all pretty good stuff, so we'll be right back. hard-to-find used car or truck parts? Looking for honest general mechanics work at affordable prices? Call my friend Joe at Southwest Auto Recyclers. Serving New Mexico for 30 years, veteran-owned and operated at 4025 Broadway Boulevard, Southeast in Albuquerque. Call 505-877-3331. 505-877-3331. Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, New Mexico believes all positive things derive from freedom, liberty, and choice. Ribs is the conduit for heroes just like you. Go to ribsbbq.com and find carnivore contraband to support the fight against the crony global elitist. Ribsbbq.com. Agave Builders is a family and veteran-owned, licensed, and insured GB98 construction company. I'm Michael Eustace, along with partner Ron Lucero. We specialize in helping disabled veterans obtain grants through the VA and nonprofit companies to remodel their homes. We can also handle all of your building needs, from small jobs to commercial buildings. We are also a premier American walk-in tub dealer. Call us at 505-385-6680. Also find us at agavebuildersnn.com and follow us on Facebook. Hey everybody, I'm Becca. Welcome back to Freedom Speak on Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ 96.9, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere, conservativetalkabq.com. I'm here with my guest today, Michael Eustace. We're having a really, really great time today. Actually, I think we have some really, really great dynamics going on today. We do. And again, thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, I want to remind you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, until we go live, I'm going to remind you a lot more about my email address because that's the only way you have to interact right now. Um, you can interact, questions, comments, suggestions, whatever, at Becca Marie NM, that's B E C C A 
M-A-R-I-N-M at gmail.com. And yeah, send me some messages. Let me know. Let me know what you think about the topics we're talking about and uh, just whatever, whatever you want to say. I'm, I, I'll read it. Yeah, I totally. So in this last segment of the show, we're, we're talking about the Roswell incident and we're talking about the facts that are out there. And, and like I'm always saying, telling you, it's like, I like you to ask questions and use critical thinking. And I'm simply going over the facts that are available. And then, and I'm talking about, we're talking about our thoughts about it, about how well, a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. And how, just think about it, gets you thinking. It's kind of interesting to think about. Anyway, so we were talking about these 15 facts that exist about the incident that happened. And so they were talking about this. Uh, now let's, uh, let's stop for a moment because this is clearly not what our old friend Mac is saying. He has told to, of finding an odd material in his sheep pasture and carrying it about to show the neighbors. A disc is not shiny material. Why is he saying something different? I don't know. Somebody got to him and he changed his story. Mm -hmm. He was saying one thing and then later on he said something else. And a disc is not shiny material. If yeah. any kind of spacecraft were, were here, I mean, it would be metallic. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. So let's go on to number 14. Let's mm -hmm. see. People saw the disc. Okay, the there limits. were eyewitnesses. Okay, so... In the very same newspaper report, there is a mention of an eyewitness report by a Mr. and Mrs. Dan Wilmot. Now, keep in mind, like we said earlier, nobody had heard of a flying saucer before this happened, okay, that I can tell. No, literally, literally, this is when the whole concept came about. This is a completely separate group of people that knew nothing about the thing that happened at the ranch. Nope. This happened the same time they spotted a flying disc in the air at the same time that this happened, okay? Different people saw it from different perspectives. They saw the same thing. The Wilmots were enjoying a fine evening sitting on their porch and watching the stars because no one had Netflix at the time, obviously. <laughs> at about 10 p.m., they noticed a large object flying through the sky. The Wilmots ran down to their yard to watch it. Staring in disbelief for nearly a minute as it zoomed at up to 500 miles per hour, if you want to believe Dan Wilmot's estimation. A glowing shape of about 20 feet in diameter, looking like two saucers facing each other and stuck together. Hmm. This was a, an eyewitness report. and this was That sounds pretty accurate, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Mean. So the strange craft disappeared over a, a line of trees. Mr. Wilmot, who was a man with some community respect, only said anything about this sighting after the announcement had been made that a saucer had been captured. Perhaps he thought he wouldn't be believed. Hmm. And now in the turn of it, he was made out to be a liar and not believed. Yeah, totally. So, number 13. Okay, number 13, fact number 13. Now, this is on fact number 13. They're showing that picture, which a lot of you have probably seen, where the army, the army officer is crouching down on the floor, <clears throat> and he's holding some stuff, which is clearly not parts of a flying saucer, that are just like ceramic-looking material, or like shiny material. Foil. It looks like a kite. Like a foil. looks like a kite, and it's yeah. got a couple of sticks on it. I mean, how could anybody possibly... Uh, mistake that for a flying saucer. I mean, really? 
So the fact that uh, you know Mr. Wilmot saw it going at speed as well, looking at this, there's no way this could go at speed. No, no, not at all. Keep keep in mind 1947. Okay, I also wanted to mention something too. Okay, remember during that uh, same period of time, I think it was World War II. Remember the the Foo Fighters, and I'm not talking about the musical group. Um, in which there were military pilots that had been fly, uh, spotting UFOs while they were in their military aircraft, and they called them Foo Fighters at the time. That's before the, like I said, that's before the time when flying saucer, that whole term came about to be, which was literally, I think, when this occurred. So unfortunately, the next day's edition of the paper kind of made out Dan Wilmot to be a liar by saying that no one had collected a flying disc yet the military announced that they had found a flying disc the day before. Correct. Right. But then they came out with these pictures a couple of days later that it was not a flying disc. It was not a flying disc, no. Yeah. This is not the droid that you're looking for. <laughs> On the 9th of July, 1945, the paper ran a story that stated quite firmly that the wreckage found was that of a weather balloon or similar weather device. Allegedly, at this point, military officials descended on Roswell and surrounded areas removing as many copies of yesterday's paper and press release as they could. Now, really, do you find, not find that strange that the military would be coming in and confiscating the newspapers from the day before? Really? Like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, and that's like, really sounds like a huge cover-up to me. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so there again, it's like the Ministry of Truth in 1984. Okay? We're going to erase that. It never happened. Take the truth out and then yeah. put your own. Yeah, you might as well just have a, you know, a flashy thing like a men in black. Okay, everybody in the town, stand there. Okay, look at this. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to just erase it like it never happened. Papers ran a picture of a silvery foil-like weather balloon. This is what was found. This is your flying disc, all broken up and scattered all over the ground. The thing here is that our buddy Mac had already noted that the material he found could not be folded or crumpled or squished. And the material showed in the photo was definitely crumpled and squished and crushed. Yeah, I so, mean, it's just, it's yeah. tinfoil. Yeah, it's tinfoil. <laughs> it looks like tinfoil to me. Like, yeah, yeah that, that begs the question. Did he? And is that piece still there? I wonder. You I know? wonder. I wonder. It'd be, it'd be something to be able to get a hold of the family. And it, it would be. Hey, maybe you guys don't be. know where it is, but can we search the property? Yeah. <laughs> so the next number 12, it's showing a picture of a lady sitting at a radio microphone, WFIG, mm -hmm. in Roswell. And this is titled The Disappearing Radio Interview. Okay, this is also very interesting. Oops, I lost my spot here on this. I should have printed this one out. Oh, I have it right here. Okay. It is unclear who allegedly picked up our old buddy Mac and took him away from his shack to the house belonging to the owner of the local radio station, KGFI, GFL. GFL. However he got there, he went to the radio station before either of the conflicting news stories broke. So he got to the radio station and gave a little interview before he even went back to his home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember that this is 1947. The radio was a key way of staying in touch with the community. Radio news 
was the most up-to-date news available and widely believed by its listeners. So it was important to anyone who was trying to control the spread of information to have control over the radio. Absolutely. Yeah, back then, there was, you were wealthy if you had a TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back then, I mean, the form of entertainment in, in people's houses, they'd sit around the old mm-hmm. uh, radio, right. the old RCA Victor or whatever it was, and uh, they would um, sit around the radio. Yeah. Pieces of arts those were. Yeah, they were really cool. I actually have one of those old radios at home, oh, and it nice. still works. Oh, that's good. I rebuilt it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. A tinkerer over here. I know, yeah. <laughs> After his interview, which was recorded to be played the next day, the military police reportedly arrived and told KGFL staff that they were authorized they were authorized by the Federal Communications Commission to confiscate the tape as a matter of national security. Words that had strong meaning only two years after the end of World War II. So all of this effort that the military and the government put into covering this up and, and confiscating any evidence, I mean, why all the effort if it was just a weather balloon? Begs that question. I guess that's why it's still the conspiracy theory. That's why it still lives today. That's right. That's why we're talking about it. <laughs> They even confiscated Mac himself, he says <laughs> yes, here. Yes, they did. And, <laughs> and later, after he had probably had the flashy thing put in his eyes, yeah. uh, he, he, he could give the radio station a truthful interview uh-huh. about what he found near the sheep. That's right, with his written script. That's right. Here's what you're going to say, because if you don't say what we're going to want you to say, uh, we're going to go after your family. Okay? Well, you know, that's a good, you know, a good indication of that is that... The, the ranch is still owned by the family today. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something within the, the government's power, even back then, to have just disappeared the guy. Yeah. He doesn't want to comply. Sure, doesn't want to comply. Mac Brazel was the foreman of a ranch and responsible to, ranch, to the ranch owner to give a good account of himself and be honest and trustworthy. I mean, these are not... These are simple people. These are com- not complicated people, okay? And I really doubt if he was looking for any kind of, I don't know, notoriety out of this. I don't know. He probably just was telling what he saw. Yeah. He needed to keep his job to support his family, who lived back in the little town of Corona, while he sub- subsisted in a simple electricity-free shack on the property of his employer. He was, by all accounts, a good, honest man, so he didn't deserve being put in jail. He was put in jail for a week over this. Over nothing. Yeah, for simply... Being there. Being there and saying what he saw. Put in jail. Wow. Kind of reminds me of the... A little uh, overstep of the government there? Political... Well, we have political prisoners nowadays, too. Oh, absolutely. Nothing has changed. We're still doing that. We're still still putting people in prison. Like my mama says, history repeats itself. Yeah. After the military police found Mac recording his radio interview and removed it in an effort to protect national security, they also removed Mac and put him in jail. He was in for a week, okay? He gave two further interviews after being released, one with the paper and one radio interview, where he stated that the wreckage found was that of a weather balloon. I wonder if, you know, back then you could go to him and ask, do you even know what a weather balloon is? Yeah, I don't know. I've never even seen a weather balloon, honestly. I, I have really I have an idea what they look like. I've seen pictures of them. I have. They're very interesting. I mean, it looks... It doesn't look like a normal balloon, I'll tell you that. No, they're, they're, they're huge. They're huge. They're very long. Or ver- they're long. They're long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they are bright and shiny. They, 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 they are covered with the foil on the outside. Yeah, yeah. But in no way 
No way looks like something going at high speed at no. all. I Weather mean, balloons do tell. not travel uh, horizontally a, at high speed. Rides a wind current. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they don't. It's it's going to go as fast as the wind goes, and yeah. that's it. And their, their explanations for this are just it. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's just it's giggling because it's it's fascinating the the ideas they come up with to describe it. Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. It's like, are you in the third grade? Yeah, right. <laughs> So number 10, Major Jesse Marcel comes clean, okay, is what it says. Did you see that picture on that? Yeah, that that's, I see that. That looks like a flying saucer. That looks like a flying saucer. The picture I'm looking at that they post here, this is an old black and white photo, and it looks like a flying saucer to me. Anyway, so would you be surprised to hear that a top military intelligence officer like Major Marcel who was not only a former trainer of intelligence officers, but also a man who had seen active service in World War II and was a career military man, was convinced that the Roswell crash object was not a weather balloon? Hmm. Good question, right? Definitely. Do you, you, you think that this guy would probably know the difference between a weather balloon and a flying saucer? Wouldn't you think? I would think so. Especially a military experience. And I mean, he came out of the horrors of World War II. Yeah. He's seen every conventional military vehicle that we'd had at that point. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's see here. What are we... Oh, here we go. This is a good part here. A student called Linda Corley interviewed the major and his wife in 1981 for a college assignment. The major refuted that there had been alien bodies in the crash as had been put forward by conspiracy theories since the event, <laughs> but insisted that the wreckage was not that of any balloon. He allegedly told Corley that the material they picked up from the site was not able to hold air. He even agreed that the picture of the wreckage as a weather balloon was fake. Mm. Why take so long to come out with that? Well, you know, I have my theories about this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, if flying saucer, obviously highly advanced technology over anything, even that we have now, okay, would a crash, the government would want to keep it, keep it under wraps because that's like, well, they want to have this technology. They don't want other countries. And keep in mind, this is, right after, this is right after World War II. So it's like, yeah, it's like we want to have the best technology. We don't want the Russians getting it or, right. or, or you know, whatever, you know. So <clears throat> anyway, so you would think that this guy would know what he, what he saw. Corley says he, she received a frantic phone call from, ma from the major a week later after they got to him saying that he had been lying and insisted she kept the interview material to herself and didn't finish her assignment. Somebody got to the major and said, listen, you need to step that back, walk that back, that story, because if you don't... Wow. Now think about that. I'm of the belief that your phone is always listening to you. Oh, yeah. Hi there. I think 1981, we didn't have cell phones. No, Didn't even have all. the brick at that point. Exactly. For Now imagine this young lady coming into the major's house. Or the, major they, was they, being, the major was being bugged. He was exactly. being spied on. Exactly. Because how else would he, the government know a week later right. that story changes like that? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, dead aliens in the desert. Okay. On July 5th, 1947, five-year-old Gerald... Gerald Anderson and his brother, father, uncle, and cousin all went out hunting for semi-precious stones on the plains of San August, Augustine. The fun, family, the fun family boys' trip soon turned very weird. Gerald Anderson recalled that his party came across a crashed spaceship with the bodies of two occupants nearby and two occupants who were alive, though one was badly hurt. 
Gerald touched the, the side of the craft and felt it was freezing, odd in the heat of the desert. Straight away, a university group of archaeologists appeared, and then a man named Grady Barnett joined them. Shortly behind them came the military. A lot of mystery shrouds the evidence of Gerald Anderson. On one hand, he, as the last living witness from his family group, appears to have fabricated evidence to support his claim, namely a diary written by his uncle. On the other, he passed polygraph tests. He seems to believe his own story. Passed polygraphs. Uh, you believe your own story. Isn't it the story then at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eight, the aliens were professionally photographed. And there is a photograph here of what looks like an alien. Um, Sergeant Frederick Benthal was a speciali specialist photographer in a time where such things were a necessity. Cameras were complex, yeah, back then they were. Com cameras were complex pieces of machinery in the 1940s, and a certain amount more expertise was needed than today's point-and-shoot smartphones and filters. Sergeant Benthal was flown to Roswell from Washington, D.C., and taken in an ambulance to a crash site. He was allegedly taken to a tent and told to walk around the tent taking photos of bodies that were lying there. Even though he was apparently instructed not to look, well, how are you going to take pictures if you're not looking, which would make focusing the lens hard, one would think, he did, of course, see that what he was photographing was small, spindly bodies only about four feet high with bulbous heads and big eyes. Sounds like every alien encounter I've heard of. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting thing. After he took those pictures, upon completing his task, his camera was confiscated. Sergeant Benthal spent a large part of the rest of his military career stationed in the Arctic, photographing the effects of extreme coal on military equipment. Hmm. Doesn't that, that sound like reassignment for purpose? Not many people to talk to in the Arctic. No, not at all. Not at all. There's a lot of things that can happen in the cold up there in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. A witness may have been murdered. <laughs> Major Richard Harris was a budget and fiscal officer at the Roswell Air Base at the same time at the Roswell crashes. Now deceased, his daughter Anne was only six months old on the night of the crashes. Anne recalls her father talking about his job to fund the cover-up of the crashes. Funding extra personnel, unscheduled flights, all extra bits and pieces that you have to pay for but don't really think about when you are organizing a big event like a wedding or a spaceship crash <laughs> cover-up. Yeah, th those go hand in hand after my wedding, I'll tell you what. Anne says that her father was invited to view the bodies, but that the smell from the morgue was nauseating and put him off going in there to see them. Hmm, that, that, I mean, the, the, the geek in me just this explodes when I hear that because of maybe they're not, what was it, uh, uh, carbon-based beings. Hard to say. You know, they, say. they got exposed to oxygen and started, yeah. you know... Yeah, it's scientifically, we know it's possible for mm. other forms of life to exist. Absolutely. In 1997, Major Harris confirmed in an interview with the TV show Strange Universe that the object that had crashed had been a spaceship. According to his daughter, he was later killed because of this interview. Wow. I remember watching that in 97. Really? And it was... It was uh, uh, they had the autopsy of the aliens after this TV show. Oh, interesting. It was, it was hosted by uh, one of the Star Trek, um, oh. Um, Riker. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that one. William Frakes. Yeah, William Frakes. Yes. He's a nice man. He, he is. He's really great. I've yeah. met him in person. He's wonderful. So have I. Yeah. One thing uh, for our listeners out there, I love to go to the Comic Cons. And, and I do, too. I I've been to a lot of them well, myself. Yeah, so. I'm a big sci-fi geek. 
A sheet metal technician was called to a crash site. Why would you need a sheet metal te I technician? I know, to look at a weather balloon. Mm. Technical Sergeant Ernest Robbins was, by all accounts, a good man, a good husband and father. He was a strong Christian man who loved his job and his country, a real all-American military man, someone you could trust. After his death, his wife told her impression of the night of the crashes in Roswell. Ann Robbins and her husband had been a dinner party the night that they had been woken up by a bright light that lit the sky like daytime. Oh yeah, weather balloons really do that. Mm -hmm. Soon their phone rang and the Technical Sergeant Robbins got up to read Return exhausted and damp 18 hours later, he had been through a decontamination chamber. Anne reported to the Dallas Observer that her husband had said there was a spaceship crash and that he had seen three aliens, one dead, one injured, and one healthy. These stories, they just kind of like totally jive with each other, these different accounts of yeah, different people. So, so on, on one level, there's this story that changed over the mm -hmm. years so many times, and then there's this kind of core of them all yeah. that keeps repeating through different people. Right. He said a round spot had been burnt into the ground from a heat so hot it turned the ground to glass. <laughs> wow, mm. weather balloons don't do that. No, they don't. What, what that does sounds do nuclear. That? that sounds nuclear. That's right. Uh, he would not answer what happened to the aliens. Number five, the sheriff was threatened. Sheriff Wilcox's granddaughter, Barbara Duggar, remembered a conversation with her grandmother about the events of the Roswell crashes. Her grandmother was very old at the time, but still had sharpness of mind and clarity of wit. Barbara made an affidavit regarding this conversation, which had come about while they were watching a television show about UFOs. According to the affidavit, Inez Wilcox told her granddaughter that a spaceship had crashed outside of Roswell and that she and the sheriff had been told that they and their family would be killed if they ever talked about the incident. She said that the sheriff had seen a crashed spaceship and several little men, one of whom was alive. There we go, another, another, another account that confirms the other ones. After these events, Sheriff Wilcox lost his heart for sheriffing and no longer wanted to do his job. Not surprising, I'm pretty sure military death threats aren't really considered a bonus for any occupation. No. No. Number four, this is a story you might have heard about. The local mortician gave over the phone embalming advice. Glenn Dennis was a mortician who was on call to provide services to the airfield. He made an affidavit that states he was contacted by the airbase on July 1947 to ask if he could simply supply small-sized hermetically sealed caskets if needed immediately. He said that he would have to order some in and a short time later was called back to ask specific questions about preparing bodies that had been lying in the desert sun for some time. Dennis offered to come to the base but was told the questions were hypothetical. Dennis suggested that in future bodies be frozen with dry ice. That evening, Dennis was called out to the base for another matter and saw purplish silver wreckage that was being examined by military and military police. He went to get a cold drink and ran into a nurse he knew who told him to get out of here or you are going to be in a lot of trouble. She was upset and coming from a medical examination room. Unfortunately, she was too late. He had been seen. Dennis was subjected to threats and escorted back to the funeral home. The nurse he knew told of an autopsy she had watched being performed and drew pictures and diagrams to show him. He filed those away at the funeral home. Sheriff Wilcox warned Dennis's father that Dennis's family was under threat. Two weeks later, the nurse was dead in a plane crash. Oh, there we go, plane crashes. The government loves to get rid of people with plane crashes. Yes, they the do. The files had disappeared. We're gonna have to zip through these last couple because we're running out of time. All right. The FBI suppressed information out of the Roswell area. 
Lynn, Lydia, Lydia <laughs> Steppy made an affidavit concerning her role as the teletype officer of the KOAT radio station. For those of us who existed in 2017, a teletype machine was a machine used to send words from machine to machine, a bit like a fax that you typed into. It was the great grandfather of texting. Linda was working with her station, uh, working with her station received a call that a flying saucer had crashed. Eager to, spread, eager to spread the news to her network affiliates, Linda, Lydia began to type the third hand story of Mac finding a craft that looked like a big crumpled dishpan. Big crumpled, that's pretty that descriptive. That sounds pretty descriptive it of is. a crash. Yeah, if you've ever seen a plane crash, it kind of looks like that. So I'm going to zip through here. Uh, Time okay. crash time travelers. Okay, there again. Okay, this refers oh, the to the dummies you're talking about. That's right. Yep. They the government tried to explain these bodies away by saying they were the crash dummies, which actually did not start being used until the uh, the fifties. Okay, that is obviously a lie. Okay, and then the last thing is everyone is stupid and can't remember things. That is true. It's like <laughs> people have short memories. Okay, they really do, and that's like politicians. You know, they do horrible things to us, and then they they change things, and they they know you'll for, most people are have short memories okay they really do so anyway michael it's been often awesome uh, goodness <laughs> i'm tongue-tied there it's been awesome it has so what what office is that you're running for again i am running for bernalillo county commissioner district five so okay. that starts about louisiana goes down to the i-40 and shoots up to spain and then it shoots all the way to edgewood and down to the chill league land grant so it's a very big district nice so i want to mention my advertisers Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, awesome, awesome place. Best ribs in town. Uh, their, their pulled pork is awesome. Everything there is awesome. I would highly say it's worth the trip to Cedar Crest. Definitely. Tell Asa that Becca sent you, okay? He's one of the owners. Agave Builders, that's Michael's company. Hello. He advertised he's one of the sponsors of this show. And my friend Joe down at Southwest Auto Recyclers. Uh, he... he he resurrected my 2005 Ford Escape, put another engine in it, and it's got a second life now. And I have a new advertiser coming on, Perkins Protection Training, very mm -hmm. soon. So, do you own a freedom-friendly business? Advertise on this station, support this show, and many others like it. To get started advertising or send me comments or suggestions, email me at beccamarienm at gmail.com. Check out my new website, freedomspeakwithbeccamarie.com, where you can listen to replays of all my shows and have access to useful resources. You can also check out my posts on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Telegram at freedomspeakwithbeccamarie. Please like, follow and share far and wide as I am being censored like you would not believe. Freedom is essential. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand up, tell them Marxists and those that are pushing their agenda, hell no, we won't comply. We are the resistance. Catch you next week. <laughs>